does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Set to lead off the show. I'm not sure what's worse, the look of the Pacers City uniforms of their perimeter defense last night in Chicago, and frankly, their perimeter defense all season long. To chat more about that, Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files, I believe the man that broke Miles Turner into the starting lineup last night, he joins us now. Scott, I feel like this perimeter D has been an issue, honestly, is it like the end of the McMillan era, start of the Bjorkren era? I feel like this has gone on now for several years. It's it's like, oh, everything will be fine once Turner gets on the floor. The issues are much, much more than that. Yeah, completely. Um, the, the main point I go back to, honestly, is since Dan Burke was not brought back. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. He's been staple as a defensive coordinator for uh, – worked in on staff for almost 23 years, I want to say, and uh, things – changed quite a bit and it's not just that as well by the way when did but Burke leave again was it a significant downturn was, sorry to interrupt but when did Burke leave was it the last year with McMillan Bjorkren did not bring him back no, uh no it was the start of the Bjorkren era okay so, so he's been gone the, the last three. two years gotcha yeah I think a lot of it too is personnel driven I mean or you know part of it's got to be personnel driven but then last night I just feel like they're closing out so aggressively. The first guy gets beat off the dribble, and then it's a mad scramble, and no one has any idea what to do after that. Yeah, no, 100%. It starts with individuals, and kind of the phrase they keep saying is guarding their yard. Guys are getting beat. You know, help sides are struggling. And, it, you know, then the thing that's baffling is sometimes they'll have guys in the right area, and they just won't do maybe perhaps what they're supposed to do or, you know, whatever. And it's like, so frustrating to see i don't know there's often a lot lack of communication and while you acknowledge some of that just because you know a handful of them are still rookies and a handful of them haven't played together and and all of that still some of it's if you're a basketball player like what are we doing here so yeah that's absolutely been concerning because it starts out on the perimeter because miles is not a savior he's going to help in many ways um, I mean, first game back and he has four blocks and I thought he was just kind of okay. And that's fine too, because he hadn't played in 10 months. So it's going to take him at least several weeks to find his game rhythm and game timing. But that's been the number one thing KB through the first uh, week here is the defense hasn't gotten any better and it might be worse. Rough night defensively for the Pacers. Rough night for rookie Benedict Matherin. Uh, not just not a great performance. And then he had the weird uh, late game mindset about taking the ball and trying to score late. What were your thoughts on Matherin's late game? Did he have game? the over on his own points? <laughs> was that what he was doing there? What were your thoughts on no. his uh, his decision to try to steal the ball and score with like seven seconds left in the 17-point deficit? Guys, that is a perfect encapsulation of what Benedict is about. That That's him, and that's him at practice. There's been times when, you know, in, in drills, as it's been explained by the coaches, is like they'll, they'll lose. And Benedict needs to go to the training room to cool down because he's, he's just furious. It's like, Benedict, this is just a practice, and that's just one drill. There'll be another or one scrimmage. Like, he is an ultimate competitor more than any I've been around. And so I don't think that was for show. I don't think he was trying to be cute. He certainly wasn't looking for numbers. 
he that that's literally his mindset is everything's a competition not just that game not just that quarter he wanted to win that that one play and the twist in all of that that I found interesting is the guy he stole it from his teammate last year at Arizona Dalen Terry who who was here also for a pre pre-draft workout and and hyped up Matherin and what Pacer fans can ex- can expect he was basically saying hey Benedict's the real deal there was nothing fake about that um, but uh, by the way, I want to give Vucevic credit. I thought he handled that tremendously well because, yeah, that's awkward. Like, yeah, agreed. The game's over. Like, what are you doing? And so it didn't look like he yelled or, you know, anything like that. But he's like, hey, Rook, like, what are you? No, we don't do that. This is the men's league here. And, and then uh, after the game, he put his arm around him and it looked like he explained a little bit more. Then they then they separated in a good way, and I thought that was handled very well by a veteran. Is that something Rick Carlisle loves to see out of a rookie like that, or is that something he's going to pull him to the side and say, "Hey, let's let's not do that going forward"? I would guess in this instance, he says, "Yeah, let's not do this," um, mainly because sometimes that'll lead to something even more, right? Like I think there was a sequence with Lance and the Raptors, I want to say, where maybe he dunked in the final seconds or something or stole it and two guys surrounded him. It's just, it's one of those. And I hate this. It's especially in baseball, kind of the unwritten rules. Like you just let the team dribble it out. You don't need to steal it. But I think Rick will say, Hey, that that's Benedict. And I don't want to change that, but I hope he kind of maybe understands that in that scenario, we really don't need that. But, there's no way they're getting mad about that, I don't think. Yeah, I, I would think you would rather pull the reins on that than like want the guy to have more of that in him. That's that's kind of how I view things with completely, Mather. and that's why that's that's why I chuckle a little bit, KB, when people talk about tanking and all that. And first of all, players don't do that. But second of all, that's the, one of the big things that the pri- front office prioritized this off season was different characteristics. One of which being guys that just love the game, not just talented, not just athletic, guys that truly love to hoop, that they have to tell them to leave the gym. That's Buddy Heald, that's Tyrese. Matherin's absolutely one of those guys. And you saw last night, you know, the game was over, and in his mind he was just trying to get to the next play. Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Scott, I would think individually, I mean, obviously, you know, Matherin could fall into this category, but, you know, I had – very high expectations for him. Um, I would say individually, the guy that I've been most impressed by, and in particular, it's these last three games since he's moved from that five position they had him in early to the four. I really like what I've seen from Jalen Smith. Yeah, he, I think he's he's done well. And it's what's interesting to me is you mentioned that point of him playing more of that four spot here in recent games as he grew up and always was playing the five. Even when he came here last year, was like, yeah, I can play the four, but I've always played the five. Well, when he played the five here, you know, in those couple games, it, it just did not go over well. And I think a lot of that, for one, is who he was playing with. I think it was also in camp and all of the off season he had focused on that new role. And so, right, you're kind of pigeonholing yourself a little bit and what you expect and what you trained for, and you have that mindset. And then if that shifts, that can throw you completely off, especially when – you know, this is only, what, year three for him in the league. Um, I thought all the bigs have had bright spots here early on in the season at different times, very rarely together. Um, but Isaiah has had some bright moments. Goga, if he plays 20 minutes a game, 
he's he's productive and usually plays well. Um, he just needs consistent minutes and and kind of find a game rhythm out there. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's been a, r- a lot of good showings from Jalen, especially like last, the previous game where I think he had 17 in the first half. Then it kind of disappeared a little bit, and you want more of that consistency. Buddy Heald was a name you brought up earlier. He had a pretty good game last night. He always seems to be a guy that gets brought up on the trade block. Like everybody's just like, oh, he's not going to be here for very long. Uh, but do you see he could be a long-term guy on the Pacers, or is this just like a layover until his next destination? Yeah, I think he's more, you know, in the lounge right now, kind of enjoying himself and making sure, you know, it's he's in between destinations, right? Um, I, I think the interesting thing was, for Jake example, Query analogy in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I gotta love the airport lounges, but uh, my whole thing with all that, especially compounded by the, the Lakers' loss last night on national TV. I mean, yeah, that's the obvious connection, obvious potential destination when he knocks down what, like seven threes, and I think the Lakers go like eight for twenty-four as a team. I mean, that would—that's <laughs> pretty obvious right now. There. Um, now, one, you can't have enough shooters. He's really well liked and, and everything. It's just the bit, one of the biggest concerns or issues I think through the first week of the season, guys, is the minutes. It's you're not getting where are you getting all the minutes from? Like Nemhard doesn't get a ton of minutes uh, last night. He's been productive, and you could go down the list. Yeah, Gogo was out of the rotation last didn't night. Didn't even get in. Yeah, and, and so sooner than later, probably in a couple months, you need to shore that up a little bit, I think, and and free up a couple roster spots so that you can start prioritizing even more what you want. But there's no hurry for that. Nothing would be expected anytime soon. But while while Buddy it kind of encompasses what they want as a player and being a shooter, uh, I think it's more likely than not that he doesn't finish the season here. Scott, I want to wrap up with a couple of kind of off-the-court stuff, uh, off-the-court things. First off, um, any background with these city jerseys? Uh, personally, I think they look heinous. Um, I think the Pacers are tanking, I guess, in the jersey creation. and um, yeah, I, I don't understand them at all. Can you provide a little clarity with any? Yeah, a little bit right now that I can reveal, and it's that it was very complicated and came together kind of very last minute. Um, during these situations, uh, the team and and they work in conjunction with Nike, and uh, from what I heard, Nike wanted something even worse than this. And so, Boy, what does so that look like? Kind of, yeah, we've got to see know. a picture of that. I don't know, but this is kind of maybe a compromise. It kind of sounds like here, um, but it's something nobody's happy with that I've heard from over there as well. So don't think they're very proud of these or or content with this uh, as well. Um, maybe take a year yeah, off with that one. There's nothing good about them. There, there's this. There's the story behind them that's meant well, but I don't think it ended up very well in the presentation. Unfortunately, I think they only wear them for five games. Uh, Maybe just go shirts and skins on, on, <laughs> on the night that the city jerseys uh, are supposed to be in rotation. I want to encourage everyone, Scott, to read um, what you had up on Fieldhouse Files about just kind of the background on what the Pacers did for Benedict Matherin, bringing his mom and his sister in town uh, to make that uh, Haitian meal. Um, really well done by you on that. The video is awesome. The Pacers sent out a video. I retweeted it a couple days ago. Uh, but that was a pretty cool backstory. And 
you know, I know it's a little thing, Scott, but like these are some of the things you've got to do when you think about building a relationship with a player, you know, making them feel at home, those sorts of things. That at some point you hope that Benedict Matherin is a star player for you and when the time to sign a big contract comes, he thinks back to those moments and, you know, wants to be here long term. That's exactly right. You're trying to make daily kind of deposits, right, for him, for all your main players and trying to do what you can each day to make them feel most at home, most comfortable, most uh, able to, you know, be productive on the practice court, the game court, whatever. And I thought this was just a cool moment. The, his sister, his mom were coming in town for, for opening night. And he, he always talks, they were saying about the Haitian food and so good. You'll never believe how good it is, that type of thing. And so they said, Hey, you know what? Let's get them in here and let's have them surprise him with a home cooked meal, which he hasn't had in four years, which just baffled me. But when you add it up, he went to the NBA Academy down in uh, Mexico. Then he spent a couple of years at the university of Arizona during the draft process. You have no time. That's free whatsoever and very little with your family, the summer league, the, all that stuff. Um, so essentially combined with they, – they worked in conjunction with two of the full-time chefs they have here, and it worked out very nicely. So Scott, last one from me. Uh, next time the Pacers get on the court is against the Wizards on Friday night. That game, their lone national broadcast – uh, on the across the country, how did how did they decide that Pacers Wizards <laughs> was something they wanted a piece of? Mark, I got nothing. I don't know. Gosh, I, I felt bad. I, I was after the Pacers game. I had the Lakers Nuggets game on, and I felt bad. Dave Pash kept having to tease it, and I'm like, ooh, like no better options out there. I don't. I don't know. A Friday night, maybe they. Yeah, I, I got nothing for you, but it, it, I will say it is nice. There is a. a small group of the fan base who aren't going to watch or can't watch Pacer games maybe unless it's part of the cable package so this is one chance where yeah. those especially across the nation can watch the Pacers at least once and it's early into the season well, ESPN action for the Pacers again the Wizards and then two with the Nets to close out this five game road trip Scott safe travels thank you for the time this morning and as always Fieldhouse Files a must stop for Pacers fans I appreciate that guys thanks that's Scott Agnes right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rick Carlisle's birthday today. You guys care to guess the age for 64? Rick Carlisle? 62. Oh, gosh. Do we bookend it? 63, folks. Look at you two. So Price is Right rules. I win, though, right? Yeah, I went over. That is accurate. I'm officially the new producer of the show. <laughs> right. I'll slide over here for a while. I think would Jake be rejoicing? By the way, did Jake just text us? Yeah, he he texts us. Or he's like, I gotta try this this snack. He says it's a candy bar, but it looks like a donut. Yeah, I see donut. Are and we it just says to... what the blank is what it says on the box. And we can probably say it's the big blank, right? Yeah, the big blank. Yeah, that one. I'm like, well, you gotta try it, but it looks like it looks like he's it looks, looks like donuts. See, that's some like Mart right now or something. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. He's very intrigued by it. Yeah. Maybe I, he'll bring us some. As I said, that's an automatic buy, in my opinion. You asked him if he had PEDs that he was carrying with him last night. I know, I, and I once I said it out loud, I, I could quickly realize that could be interpreted in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, then he. I, then I, he, I then met, he, I then, met sleepy, sleeping aid. Some others meant 
you know. Well, then he sent the picture the of the blue. cannabis dispensary that was at the Chicago <laughs> O'Hare Airport. So, I mean, he, we were we were circling the drain at that point. Jake's in Europe. We're in studio. Colts conversation the rest of the way. Kevin and Query with Mark Dykton. 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.